Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Two Dabs. I am your co-host, Michael Booth, and with me, as always, is the other co-host and other Mikey, Michael Towie. <laughs> hey, dude. How's it going? Good, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of your more unique intros there i really liked the flavor the spice you added that time yes a little bit of it was a few flavors it was it was seasoned it was seasoned well seasoned like a cast iron pan yes that we're we're tossing things onto it right now we're are you we're ready to cook a skillet <laughs> yeah we're creating a skillet you know, honestly, I know some guys who like literally do not ever clean their cast iron. Like, yeah, yeah I know you're like not supposed thing. to use soap, but they don't even clean. It's fucking disgusting. I was at their house and I was like, you guys know you're supposed to like clean this out. And they're like, no, no, you just leave stuff on it. I'm like, you don't leave old food on it. Like you. No. Yeah. You got to like uh, get it cleaned off and then season it again. Uh-huh. And it's a whole uh-huh. thing. Yeah. And so, of course, I, was, I demonstrated why they should pull the food off. And get, guess what was growing underneath the food that I removed from their cast iron? No, I don't. Uh, Some fucking mold, dude. Yeah. So, friendly reminder here. Clean your cast irons. That mold was animals. thriving. Yeah, 100% was thriving. loved it. Everyone's like, well, it gets too hot. And you think fucking mold can live in heat? That mold was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, this is why everyone's dying something. of COVID. It's because they don't clean their cast irons. No, I'm kidding. That's not why. <laughs> Interesting. Moldy pants right off the bat. So, the big news for today is that you are officially smoking again. This is big news, everybody. <laughs> Michael came to me with this concept to do a podcast. He came to me and he said, Mikey, I want to do this podcast with you. We're going to call it two dabs, except I'm not going to fucking smoke. That's not what I said. You're going to smoke. (laughs) It's going to be me interviewing interviewing a high guy. (laughs) One regular guy, one high guy. Here's the show. But now Now it's it's two two high high guys. guys. (laughs) <laughs> Two high big. guys Speaking of which I haven't seen you Not once <laughs> Not ever I was going to say the same thing to you Yeah I've not seen Okay while it? you're While you're even see ripping it. While you're ripping the bonger Mine's visible I can't even see your stuff Oh nice What are you hitting I cleaned today? it yesterday dude Look at that thing Wow It's pretty clean in there Nice So you don't even see you... Build up there's no floopers you, uh, in there. What are you smoking on today? What flavor? Today. What terp are you? What terp are you experiencing? Today I'm gonna do a little mix and match. I've been loving this. I was sent some um, some flavors by a friend of mine from the guys over at Primo Cannabis. Got some cherry pie. That looks nice. Live res batter. Yeah, really, really nice. And then I have some matching diamonds from the same batch. Cold cured. So you get here. a little get a so little I'm diamond, taking, get a little Uh-huh. Yeah, I get a little sauce and then I dip a little diamond in it. And then I put it straight in my wow. left eyeball. 
Yes. Hot. <laughs> you just hold it up to your eye. Uh-huh. You just uh -huh, stare into it. Then I melt it in. Yeah. <laughs> just, just <laughs> I just... That's what the bucket's for. And where you do a dab, you just take it out and you turn it upside uh -huh. down. You're supposed to stick uh -huh. it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People put the... It's so weird. They put the nail in a bong, but they don't know that that, that joint is a perfect little dipper to just for your dip eye. the oil into your eyeball. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's really <laughs> weird. Get People it get it mixed up all the time. You're supposed to tip it and bubble it into your eye. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, I have some black gelato. At least that's what the label says. I love that, dude. I love. It. We were talking about this a second ago, but I love how people these days, they just it's all gelato and they just fucking put a color in front of it. Yes. Like people Gelato's are just many like, colors. People are just like at this the paint section at Home Depot with the Pantone pa pamphlet in their hand. <laughs> just coming up with new brands. They just have a... <laughs> yeah. Cyan Gelato. <laughs> they just hold the weed up to the paint. <laughs> just color match it. <laughs> Magenta There's like gelato. three guys in there with a, a gram sample. They're holding it up to the fucking <laughs> paint colors. They're like, "What color? <laughs> what color dream is this, dude?" <laughs> you know, you already know. I can think of someone exactly doing that. You already know who that person is. It's fucking. <laughs> it's fucking teal gelato. Run it. Do you ever think it'll get to a point where it's just like? The colors just mean a terpene, and then you just get whether it's sativa, hybrid, or indica. So Interesting. Just be Give me colors an like that. Give me an example. Um, you just get you have to mix the colors together. So, like, say you get all these terpenes, it's like green, purple. Uh, yellow and like brown. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's just a it's just a bunch of different. It's like linalool, uh, myrcene, you know, limonene, mm -hmm. and like uh, care was it cara? Cariophyllene. Yeah. yeah. It's all of those. And then I like uh, that. That's kind of how. Um, I think so I that goes you. into a paint mixer, and then whatever comes out, that's the color, and then you just say if it's hybrid or not. So it's just like, I don't know, like, uh, what's like a, I don't even know what color that would make, but. It, it sounds like, like, a, like a way to like, it's like a choose your strain generator, you know? Yeah. What's your birth sign? What's the last two numbers of your last name? And what are your three favorite colors? <laughs> that's your that's your weed identity. <laughs> What's your weed <laughs> name? What's your weed strain name? <laughs> it's your horoscope, the last two letters of your last name, and the food you ate last night. 
<laughs> I'm also dabbing, by the way. Uh, he, are you? Okay. Dab or smoked with us. <coughs> Sick. <coughs> we didn't give them very much warning. I'm sorry. You could always go back and. <coughs> what were we just talking about? Nonsense. We're trying to come up with our weed dealer name. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, well, let's get into it. So, yeah, a friend of the podcast had a request to talk about this tweet that I wrote the other day. I want to get your thoughts on it. So, uh tweet is, uh, I've always wondered if the Monsters and Monsters Inc. were salaried employees or if they worked off of a piece rate system with the scream canisters. It feels like they are paid by canister, but they all work the same hours. What if they're employed by the city? Uh, mm -hmm. Does anybody know? <laughs> and okay, okay, hold on, hold on. All right, all right. There's a lot to unpack here. So I think, yeah. So so the canisters themselves were used for what after they were filled? I think they were used to power the city. What so the monster city? Yes, it was like, I looked up the company. Here, let me get to the company. There's a company on Wikipedia. Oh, that's good. They they probably have some of this. Because <clears throat> it's interesting. Because at this point, you know, we're talking about, that's a pretty big fucking responsibility. It's almost like they're coal miners, right? At that point. If they're literally responsible like for going in and mining out with the resource out of the kids to then power their multi-dimensional city. So, uh, yeah, really, really. Oh yeah. Okay. So it's the energy producing factory the company is the only place which supplies all the energy for the city of Monstropolis. Monstropolis. So They're the only ones. So they not only have the sole responsibility, but they've also created a monopoly over the entire power source for the city. Who set this city up? How'd they let that happen? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they found out that they could get... It's such a crazy thing to think well, we about. Can't, let's, we can't get that. I would like to see another movie. I would like to see another movie talking about the history of Monstropolis. Well, there right? is a thing right here that says... Uh, to create energy, Monsters Inc. primarily used the children's screams. However, it was later discovered that laughter produces ten times more energy than screams. As a result, the company now uses children's laughter to create energy. Okay, but it, 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 regardless of that positive spin they put on it for creating laughter now instead of fear, they're still having to mine this out of children, right? That part has gone unchanged. And this oh, there's one a business... Background, bro. Check okay, this out. Okay. Yeah, give it to me. Monsters, Inc. is an energy company that was founded in 1810. 
as an okay. amalgamated Monsters LTD before taking on its current name in 1895. Its main duty is to provide all citizens in Monstropolis with energy in the form of captured screams collected from children. They accomplish this by crossing into the human world through door technology, portals connected to closets and children's bedrooms, and scaring them to the best of the ability. The screams are then collected in special canisters for the use, canisters for the use of energy. <clears throat> The factory is an immense facility equipped to fulfill the needs of us of the employees. Scaring takes place in chambers called scare floors. Each scare has an assistant to help coordinate it. Wow, each person has their own assistant. Wow. So I guess they had do. That's interesting. So it's it's they're they're a little bit of a step up from Oh wow. And then I guess when Sully, the main guy, became the CEO, eventually, oh he really? Created the la- yeah, created the laugh floors and even bigger canisters for more energy. Wow! So he made it more efficient. Wow! Wow! So he really came in there and the laughter. He really came through. Came in there and created more efficiency in the supply chain. Well, you know what I will say. I think in general about this is is whoever this this monstropolis business i hope solely got a piece of the business because solely was just a regular employee he was hired in and worked up the ranks like a regular old guy yeah, right? he discovered the laughter yeah so but there's no way he was an original founder of the business right so he's only accessing like common stock employee pools he didn't actually get any real equity so i hope i hope part of his expansion wasn't his background didn't he have <clears throat> background though like a uh, like family, like he's a multi generational scare. Yeah, solely was. Let's see. Cause that create that's he a was bit renowned more scare. I'm really interested to know if he's generational, because. His dad is famous scare Bill Sullivan. Father scare as well. What about grandfather? Uh, Sully is the that top scare. Yeah. It's, it's responsible for generating the majority of scares to provide power for a kid. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to find some stuff. I don't just want to well, you know the what the beauty wall. is about Wikipedia is you and I could just go in and just flesh all of this out. We could just spend a Sunday afternoon and just create all of Sully's back history and make him a fucking... There is. This is like a whole... It's like a whole thing right now I'm reading. Can you hear the coffee in the background? Uh, I can't hear it. We'll have to see if it comes through on your... Okay. Wow. So, yeah, he has a background. Uh, His family is... And he went to, you know, there's the prequel where he went to the university. So he's like, you know, he's trained. He's got the talent. And then he went to that company. He, it says it's 10 times stronger. So he found an energy source that's. Wow. So it's like he was running a coal mine and then discovered nuclear energy or something like that. That's pretty big. Yeah. I hope he started a new entity that he owned. Um, and capitalized on that because otherwise he was severely taken Well, I wonder if he of. got, he should have, uh, 
it says that he developed the you know the new canister so i wonder if that new canister tech he probably got some i mean maybe big... but this is this is what happens all the time right this is like the story of the dude who invented the windshield wiper at ford is people once you're part of a you don't own any of your own work you don't sure. own, like if you create a discovery while you're employed by that business you don't own that the business does so you have to like if you think you're actually going to do something unique you have to essentially like develop it on your own time right and then like figure out a way to create an entity behind it that you own otherwise you're just handing your technology over to the business that employs you and they get to take that the possibility from that so i think it's interesting because i wonder if solely capitalized on it additionally i think it's insane that this business owns the monopoly to the entire power production from monstropolis whoever figured that out is a g obviously crooked that probably goes way back we're talking 1810 i mean what is that like (laughs) post post revolution you know we're like just starting to ramp up into the free world there's some serious land grabs in there that happened. <laughs> there must have been some fucking marriages, Dude. some murders. Okay, I think we need to. Uh, <laughs> I think we need to. I think this. We spent twenty minutes on Monsters Inc. I think we need to move. In general, though, I would like to see another movie about Monstropolis. Yeah, I'd like to see. Uh, Another young, another young guy coming in trying to change things up, and then Sully's that like character. He's the CEO now. Like we just, I like to see him uh, being. Yeah. And also, I want to know. You know, the original question was like, I bet the benefit structure is probably different now that they make way more energy. You know, because that energy is, if it's ten times more the infrastructure for storage probably needed to be adjusted and then the power that the city uses doesn't really change you know it's not like the oh i think like they're just exactly a bunch of people got laid off because of that invention if you think about it because it's not like it's not like the power of monstropolis is going to just go up 10x well i wonder when the canister was created because They were just probably filling up all the canisters. Yeah, people probably That's got laid off. That's what I'm saying. Right they got to the get. Beginning. There's no, no nowhere nowhere near as many. There's nowhere near as high of a need for people making people laugh anymore. A bunch of dudes lost their jobs for sure. Assistants probably. Uh huh. And then. Yeah. Yeah. But all canister canister manufacturers as well. You know. So maybe they were. Maybe Sully's an asshole. Rotating. Maybe Sully's wow. a dick came in there and destroyed the system you know took a bunch of people's jobs he just automated them out of jobs <laughs> uh okay do you want to go first on your current event stuff <laughs> my current events ridiculous let's I, uh, talk about it well at first i thought it was interesting that there was this uh youtuber fight against a basketball player um i think it was jake paul versus nate robinson that's less interesting to me. What is more interesting to me is now his brother, uh, Logan, I think is his name. The other one that's on Snapchat and YouTube and stuff all the time. 
is fighting yeah. a real boxer. Fucking Floyd Mayweather. The real boxer. The realest the real boxer. boxer. Quite possibly the, the best boxer to ever the box. The best boxer ever box. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of wanted to bring this up because I, I wanted to ask you two questions. One is are we just have we crossed over into a world where like anything can go if you're popular enough you can just run for president and or box like just fight the best fight the like you can just compete uh, against the best athlete in whatever field you want it kind of seems like everything is i know this is like a constant joke or theme but it actually is starting to feel real it just feels like everything is wwe now like that vibe you know, the vibe of WWE. Just the showmanship and That's the drama. That's what every single yeah. thing feels like. It's just... Because what's the, what's the real... What's really happening here, right? Is it just like... Is it just because his platform, Logan, can actually generate enough money from the Well, he content? did... He, I think he's fought... What, has he fought twice now? Do you know? Did you see? I think he's fought twice. And I think he's like one and one, right? Look at that. Because, but even then, it's like there's no way he has had enough training and experience to go up against someone like Floyd Mayweather. I think this is purely a money grab. This is purely a money grab. Because they're going to be able to generate so much insane shit. And when I say that, I mean, you know, just content and material and eyeballs looking at things. It's crazy. I think it's twice he's boxed. Yeah, I think, I think he's boxed Logan twice. Paul's twice. And I don't think he's won both of them. So, it'll be yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. So, here's a, here's a question, though. Do you think Floyd Mayweather just f beats his ass and just knocks him out in, like, the first round? Uh, I think... Man, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be. I mean, I don't think Logan Paul knows what he's about to do. And I think Floyd's just going to kind of, it's going to be like an event, a spectacle event. Right. I think Floyd's going to like dance with him. They're just going to like, and he's going to like lightly spar. And if Logan like swings on him, he's going to counter him. And it would be, I don't know if Floyd's going to try to knock out Logan Paul. I don't think he will. But if, if it gets to that point, I think it would be, uh, I think L Logan Paul would take it well. Hmm. Yeah. And, I looked it up. Logan I, don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want him to become a me. I don't know. It's like, it's like they're trying to create memes out of, a hundred percent. That's exactly Everything. correct. Yeah, it's interesting. It's um, it's like a. Bunch At least that's of an aspect of it, you know. Is like, that's an aspect of everything now. It's like there we're just watching everything and trying to create memes out of it. But so uh, he's got he's on his Wikipedia. He has total fights one, and he lost it. Yeah, so I was looking at that right now. He's zero and one. He's zero and one on Wikipedia. I thought he had fought twice too for some reason, and I thought he had had a win. But I, I think guess it's I just his brother that's that. fought twice. 
yeah so this is going to be this is going to be interesting i i agree with you i mean i hope he, i hope Floyd doesn't hurt the kid even though he's going to have every capacity to do so i think this is just some sort of jake ridiculous. paul has two fights and he has two wins by knockout so he's two and now that's so, why he's talking so much shit online that's so funny that's also just you but know, i did watch uh you were talking about brendan schaub's food truck diaries i did see mm-hmm. him talk to logan paul about it and logan was saying you know there was a contract that he didn't believe was real kind of floating around for sure and and then it actually became that a thing. so yeah now he's so doing we'll see if it even falls through because they're gonna make a ton of cash just from the when is it happening february 21 2021 it's in like three months. Do you want to watch it? A hundred percent. Should we watch it and do like a? Do you want to do like an episode? Two dabs. We'll do like a live. Two dabs on fight night. Instagram. I'm down. We'll go live on Instagram and watch it or something. Yeah, dude. We should. Yeah, let's figure it out. Let's figure that out off air, but that'd be great. That'd be super fun. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I hope he doesn't hurt hurt him. But there's another part of me too, just being honest, that would love to see. Would love to see Logan just get smackerinied, just popped. Just not even, you know, not like hurt him, but just like pop and then stun him. And then when he's like sitting there, just like, oh, wait, I'm in an actual boxing match. Floyd just could crack. Well, did you watch the Connor win Mayweather? I mean, Connor's not like, I'm not comparing. You actually, no, it's a really good point. Floyd Mayweather just doesn't really fight like that, right? He's just like, like, wears you down. Then I, mind you, I don't know anything about this stuff, so I'm just saying things. Yeah, I find it interesting. Uh, As also speaking of boxing, um, Buster Douglas, who knocked out Mike Tyson in 1990, which I've seen on YouTube before. Uh, I guess it's one. It's supposedly one of the most stunning upsets um, in sports. Is uh, wants to rematch Tyson after watching Tyson fight the fight uh, Roy Jones in the um, exhibition the other few weeks ago. That'd be interesting. So I never saw the uh, the original fight, but I don't know if Mike Tyson's responded yet, but. Yeah, I don't think Mike Tyson's responded, but he did say he wanted to fight again. So it would be interesting to watch. Yeah, the exhibition stuff is cool. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's fun for them as long as nobody gets hurt too bad. I do think it's kind of a risk because they're <laughs> approaching into that age where, you know, you could just be going too hard because you think you're having fun and just get rocked too hard one time and you know you might shave some time off of your life quite literally yeah uh also we were kind of looking at this uh should facebook be broken up kind of f it says ftc 46 dates to tech against giant for antitrust over instagram whatsapp acquisitions this is usa today yeah i've been reading about this one yeah it's interesting i uh i think that they should be you know there shouldn't be there shouldn't be like one company that owns like kind of all content 
these apps that are some of the larger ones, you know. Um, and they also, this article's pretty, this article goes on, you know, I said it says for nearly a decade, Facebook has used um, dominance and monopoly power to crush smaller rivals out of competition. Yeah, I mean, I think this is, it's interesting because this would be the first time that it's happened in, um, in tech and, and I think it's kind of a, a revelation of the FTC and they've, there's all, there's been kind of this, this weird romance between Washington DC and big tech for the last 25 years, maybe even longer than that, Mm -hmm. where they've really kind of turned a larger blind eye. I think to what's happening just because it's just so it's, it's helped put and keep the country in as being a forerunner, you know, for technology and technology advances and creations. And, uh, and we haven't had a real problem with this, but it's interesting because when you look at when the FTC was created and what it's broken up in the past, it's always been big industry. It's always been things like oil, I think the first one, the first FTC breakup was uh, for railroads, I believe, um, back in the day, the 1800s. So, you know, I think this is something that is built for a reason, and they have a long storied history of of understanding what monopolies are and how they're built and how they're also hidden, which I think is something that the public also yeah. doesn't get because I think the public... I think people really love big tech as well too. I think people love their phones. I think they love, I think people love to believe that Google and Instagram and Amazon and Microsoft, they're all just a bunch of rich white nerds who are here to help and come up with cool, cool new tools for you to enjoy on a daily basis and Mm -hmm. make your life better. Right. Um, What I, and and I think in general, even with a lot of the identity and, and information, gathering through cookies and the reselling of information to advertising and stuff that happens. I think for a lot of people, it even seems pretty harmless for them. I know. I mean, how many people do we know have Alexa integrated into their home or into their life at multiple stages and stuff like that? And because most people don't have anything to hide. Most people are very, are pretty honest and are quite yeah. boring, you know? Totally. And True. The, yeah. the, the craziest thing they get into is the porn they watch or something like that. Right. You know, so uh-huh. I, I, I don't think, a, I think a lot of people have been able to, to turn a blind eye and they don't really notice it in their daily lives because it doesn't really infringe on them. Um, but what I think is important about this, this, this FTC um, breakup is it has more to do with data aggregation and collection management than anything else. And, and it's less about trying to keep companies from getting too big um, and more about uh, protecting individuals from essentially giving one platform in one business, one private business, the ability to know every single thing you do. Um, yeah. And no, for and real. Really and, uh, I think too, as we, you know, as we, as like a generation and the generations before us, you know, get older and have been more familiar with technology over a longer period of time than, you know, humans have for a while like this stuff will continue to evolve i think they'll continue to change and evolve you know this is like one step this is like the beginning of like i think like a better uh level field for 
everything to kind of evolve yeah. on its own. Yeah, I think it's it's part of the. I think the first with the the first time that the FTC broke up with businesses, they broke up railroads because what ended up happening was is not only could they control the pricing of the railroad, but then they controlled Western expansion through a federally owned territory. And they were basically mm-hmm. able to dictate terms to the U.S. government for how they were going to transport people and soldiers and materials and raw and, you know, minerals and mm-hmm. other things like that. Right. So, um, and then now you're caught in a situation where you're trying to like build infrastructure and you've got a gun against your head by the people who own all of the cars to get there or something like that. Right. Um, and the other thing I think that is, that's that, that, that highlights is, you know, um, you know, a lot of people might disagree with me, but I think there's like a competitive piece of capitalism that's important, you know, that creates innovation competition creates innovation and that's the reason why technology moves as quickly as it does is because with these businesses being able to compete against each other and compete for innovation and consumer space and dollars they're able to come up with better technology that uses better materials and less energy and all this other stuff and so i don't know i i think um yeah i think this will be really interesting to see how this plays out it's going to be the first major tech breakup i think that i know of at least i could be wrong um so it'll be interesting to see how this this rolls out over the next year or so mm-hmm. for sure yeah, i'm excited to I, I i thought it was really interesting i wanted to definitely bring it up because it was uh it's been in the news and i've seen it pop up yeah. a few times but yeah what else you got uh uh so last episode we talked about spacex and mm-hmm. uh today actually today at six o'clock this was published at 6 a.m today uh it's launch day for the falcon 9 that we were talking Huge. about uh liftoff schedule for twelve thirty. so liftoff an hour ago already happened has it been successful it, uh, can you find it let's see falcon 9 launched today uh, they launched a new. They launched a rock, a Sirius XM satellite into the Earth today. Three hours ago. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I love how you can watch all of their launches. They like they stream all of them on YouTube. You can find the link on their website. It's pretty sick on SpaceX. Yeah, I'm watching one right now, for SpaceX. Wow. So sick. So have you reconsidered? It looks, the p- it looks so uh, interesting to just see, like a huge, just going straight up like a rocket. Every time I watch a liftoff, I'm just, just like, whoa. Yeah, man. Because I used to, Powerful. I used to build. You know, as a kid, you build like, you know, those little rockets and mm-hmm. launch them in the air, and they parachute back down. But yeah, this is like. This is just so much bigger than that. <laughs> really is, dude. It's, it's insane how much energy is required to break away from the gravitational pull of the Earth. Yeah, the smoke cloud was insane. Also, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to continue to follow that and see what happens later on today. Uh, but 
another thing that I saw, one last thing, is that breakdancing is an Olympic sport now. What? Yep. That's so sick. Uh, it's kind of is. That's it'll be included in the 2024 Summer Games in Paris. I'm, I'm really interested to see. Should we join? Isn't Should there? We try uh, I mean, gymnastics is a thing, right? There's the there's the dance, the freestyle dance, right? Uh huh. Yeah. And so I feel like it's gonna be kind of like watching that, but not. It'll be a different, definitely different style. Obviously, like breakdancing is not like. There's a lot of elements. I'm stoked. I think I think that's a that's a one that that's one that the U.S. could do well at. We've got some good dancers here. Who do you think are some of the other countries that compete well in breakdancing? I have no idea, dude. Not even a guess. Uh, I think Japan. I feel like I've seen some good dancing from Japan. Probably some places in Europe. Probably like England. Yeah, I'd say U.S., Japan, England. Yeah, you're right. Uh, um, Paris, Italy. Probably Paris has some mean dancers. Maybe like South America. I think this could be a cakewalk some. for the U.S., though. I think this could be like basketball, you know, where it's, it's maybe maybe not though. Maybe there's just like some. Maybe I'm wrong. That's what I'm saying. Who knows? Maybe this would be cool Korea. though. But that's kind of a. Uh, I just had all you know. I just had those. I love those the Olympics, kind of dude. That I. Those are great. Those are all kind of current events that I wanted to bring up. Uh, I think we got you know everything. That's kind of everything that's going on right now. You hit like the Floyd, and the, that's kind of all I've been seeing that everywhere. Everybody's talking about. That well, and Joe Biden won, right so CGI Joe Biden won, which is great. Yeah, it's a big deal. Um, I think it was. I read that there was fifty-five lawsuits that have been that Trump has lost in the race. Yeah, for, I think what's funnier about that is that people continue to donate to his campaign to just pay his continued lawsuits. Mm-hmm. It's wild stuff to me. Um, people just wave flags for him outside. Yeah, you know it's all good. People are people are to each their own. To each their own. Yep. Um, what I wanted to talk about, certainly, last but certainly not least, and we always like to close it up with some fun weed info. Um, you know, something you and I talk a lot about is, you know, why is weed always dry? at the retail store um and i wanted to give people a little or sometimes it's like really old sometimes you get a jar that's like really dry really dry like it isn't but it's not but it's not as old as you as you know Mm -hmm. as it looks yep yeah it doesn't look super old but then it still is really really dry um and a lot of this has to come down to two things and that is compliance and supply chain. So really what happens is, is back in the good old days and the medical days, Prop 215, the time frame in which you could harvest weed, have it dried, and then get it into a retail location and then into a customer's hand. If you really knew what you were doing, you could truncate that to about two weeks. Um, five, 
to 10 days, five to seven, seven, maybe 10 days, eight or nine days for drying, a couple of days for curing, and then you trim it up. And the beauty about the medical days, and this is, you know, like so many people who smoke right now in California, they were buying weed back then anyways, then too. Um, it was so fresh because you could take it straight from the guy that trimmed it to the storefront. And that day you could come in and buy weed that was trimmed maybe within 48 hours or 72 hours of, of you mm-hmm. buying it, which is exceptional. Um, unfortunately now you have pretty big fragmentation within the supply chain. What I mean by that is there aren't, there are very few businesses in cannabis where you are vertically integrated. And what I mean by that is that you have businesses where they own not only the grow, but they own the packaging. And then they also own the distribution. And if they're truly vertically integrated, they also own their retailer, but there are very few of those businesses. Um, now, there are some businesses that exist within a micro-business license where you can actually be an entirely vertically integrated business. But the challenge is, is all of these major businesses, whereas back in the day, you could distribute in the back of your car without any paperwork or any testing. There's no taxes. Yes. There's no collection, right? You could trim in your kitchen. There is no compliance testing. There's no pesticide testing, right? Mm-hmm. Um and and so you were able to do all of this as an individual essentially and now these have become businesses every one of those is a business and they have to be yeah all these transactions are kind of like segmented and yep there's different departments the weed has to move through and yep yeah like how you said it was kind of like fractioned off you know there's not only is there the not only is there like the the struggle of handling all that like you were saying but then like say you're you know somebody that has to you're a cultivator you know you have you have to get rid of it there's steps to the the like curing it and then having it you know you want to get rid of it as soon as it's cured right mm-hmm. but a lot of the time it's you know there's the it, having to sit on it and then also like once it gets to the distributor having to get it you know tested and then that's sitting there like that and then yeah once it gets to you as a as a as a consumer in the jar it, there's a there's just a lot of variation you know it's it's yeah insane. well so let's unpack that a little bit right so the dry and trim and cure at that point you know unless you like vac seal weed the time starts ticking on it as soon as it's been trimmed and cured mm-hmm. it, like even if it's like turkey bagged or whatever and in a climate controlled room that's the best circumstance and even then it's maybe got a six week timestamp on it before you have noticeable changes in freshness noticeable and that's loss in smell quality um some coloration stiffness Feel. feel exactly right um moisture content so you know it's your best case scenario is that it goes into some sort of vac seal, but most people don't. It goes into turkey bags and it's not being stored properly. And then the other issue is, is back in the day, because you could move it so quickly, the sell through at the retailer was so quick. Um, and there was much less competition. Um, 
because people didn't care about branding then. It was all a bulk buy. Mm -hmm. You were buying the weed. You could look at the weed. It was just a way different experience. And so now you have brand competition, purchasing competition, which creates sale verification. And what this is, is back in the day, if you were a grower and I was a retailer, I was buying weed from you consistently. And if you grew, I know I like it always was be a certain quality because I've bought from you so many times that I didn't even need to test it. And none of my patients or customers cared because it was the same. So every time you grew, you'd come to me, I would buy it and I would give you cash right there and it'd always sell. And we were happy, right? Now mm-hmm. the problem is, is everybody, there's so much money that is being put out to pay for the cost of the raw materials and then additional taxes throughout the supply chain where not only do you have the state taxes, but you also have that apply at the cultivation. Then you have the taxes that actually apply on the material. Then you have the taxes that actually apply through the distribution and retail level, whereby the the time that that weed is grown and actually sold in the retail in some counties and the cities, it's hitting 48% tax at that point. And that is just in what was built out through the retailer. And so you have to guarantee the sell now. And so we, even if you're the best grower in the world, you still have to fucking get an R&D test because people still need to now need to know what the THC percentage is, right? So that just makes it... Yeah, it's that's so just, critical. That's just a week that gets added on initially now that it's done, okay? Is they have to get the R&D test. Then you have to shop that weed. So even if you have someone who wants to buy it immediately and they approve on the R&D test, the... F- Everything has to be done legally now. Everybody has accounting departments. You can't just go get fucking weed and dig it up from your, your, sorry, go get money out of your backyard and dig it up and go take it to the homie spot and buy all of this mm-hmm. weed. It's not how it works anymore. You got to get all of your AR and AB department. You have to submit a PO. You have to get an invoice done. You have to go through metric, okay? So now it's a fucking week or 10 days before you can yeah. even get the money to buy that weed. Then you have to get it to the distributor. Okay, now we have to pack it. That was just to buy the weed and get it to somewhere to pack it. And it's already been three weeks, okay? (laughs) Now we have to actually get it into a jar, which requires another compliance test, special compliance test. And then you can actually physically unpack it. And then it has to be ordered and distributed, which if everyone is really nailing it and someone was ready to buy that weed immediately, and someone, a customer was ready to buy that weed the day it landed in the store and everybody hits their P's and Q's, it's still a three to four week process from when that thing was cut and ready to, to smoke when you would have bought it in the store back in the medical days. So, so it's basically like two and a half. It's like a double. Yeah, it's like 2.5 times the you know the original turnaround. Orig- yes, yes. Um so uh, what I, where I'm going with this is I think people should, should do two things. If you feel like you really care and you actually care about your weed and you care about the brands you buy from, you can reach out to them. You can tell them to practice better storage methods. And I'm telling you right now, if you contact these people and they, tell, and then they hear enough from their customers that they need to vacuum seal their weed before they pack it, they'll start doing it. The other thing I would say is you can buy your weed if they show it from the harvest date. And ideally, you can even buy it from the manufacturing or package date. 
on the jar itself. Ask to see this before you buy it. The harvest date is less indicative because people can store it for pretty long terms. The package Mm -hmm. date is critical because most people, even if it's got a little seal at the top, most people aren't doing any sort of inert gas resealing. And what I mean by that is when you buy things at the store that have a lid like peanut butter that say you need to refrigerate after opening, it's because they replace the oxygen inside with nitrogen, which doesn't and which doesn't let the product decay and help sustain the shelf life of the material. Weed businesses are not doing that. Not all of them yet are not doing that. Most of them are not doing that in their jars. So even if it has a seal on it for freshness, it's not like it's been changed in there atmospherically to help that weed stay fresher longer, right? So ideally you go by the packaging date and don't buy anything that's more than a month old. Um, and you'll have a much better buying experience even on cheaper product if you can buy it from the pack date so anyway. yeah and the the pack date is crucial because it's one thing that they do have to have mm-hmm. uh is the harvest date is not essentially required although yep. it is nice to know um and if it's tracked the properly you can view that information yep uh back through the uh, uh, you nailed it. Okay. Speak to that a little bit about the the tracking and the metric on it. Why? Why? Are there well, issues with I mean, that? I was just saying, like on the on the COA, which I think people should know that you can view it. A lot of products do have uh, like a QR code on them. Some of them, I think it should be. You know, I think it's a cool. I think it's a cool point to have uh, on a label to have like a uh, you know a QR code where you can look up the lab results on your phone of the weed mm-hmm. you're about to buy and you can actually look and you, know, you can see the test results of everything that it got tested for and i think that's you know pretty cool stuff you can see like the whole cannabinoid profile instead of just knowing about the thc because that's all they tell you they mm-hmm. tell you the thc right thc sometimes is what 18.7 percent and then you see a cannabinoid profile of like 22.5 like where does that other four you know whatever percent that is a, a cannabinoid and then you get to see okay there's like cbg mm-hmm. so there's a little cbd in here you know i like to see that stuff and i like yeah. to see sometimes people i think you can also have terpenes tested at a lab you certainly and can. some people sometimes do that too so then you get to see the terpenes yeah actually see what terpenes are in there and that should yeah. be stuff that's more it should be more like uh available to you as a consumer at a dispensary it's i agree kind of more of like the lab results of the weed instead of like this is a hybrid that's this you know this is the thc and it's hybrid yep i kind of want to know a little more about it yeah that's something i uh, like about the organ marketplace is they have to do that you have to you have to test for terpene as well and display it oh that's cool so uh, the but flower. yeah th- you know to that point though you, i think you can also ask to view the coa's of everything as a customer i think yes. you can i think you can view you they can and they have it online for you and they can pull it up and show you or yeah you i think the retailer is supposed to be able to something. generate it for you yeah they'll be able to generate it for you somehow and then you'll be able to look at it so that's something you know cool thing to check out or look at at least before you buy it yeah no but uh you know, there's a lot of stages you know like there's a lot of stages where the drying 
there's a lot of little things on all these stages that can affect the drying carrying Truth. of the weed it's so crazy it's like it's like you're trying to just save and preserve this smell and flavor for so well, that's long. something i'll have to get into maybe on, a, on another podcast is the actual science behind drying and curing and what you're trying to achieve and you really nailed it right there michael is is i gave a four-week lead time on weed that was cured and dried properly initially if it yep. gets fucked up in that process oh then you're fucked it doesn't matter what you do about the pactate and what your label says <laughs> it's mm-hmm. because if it if it wasn't in a good place before it goes into that that supply chain currently in a modern cannabis supply chain, it's certainly not going to be when I would it gets say to the retailer. I like to think of just, you know, flour and all the byproduct as like a Plinko chip board. Mm. And every time it's harvested, it just kind of gets tossed down this Plinko chip board. <laughs> And then either, uh, yeah, there's all these little things, dink, 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 you know, everything is one of these things that we're talking about Uh that could go wrong. And, you know, there's so many stages to it being, and that's why I love about getting a jar and you open it and it just like hits you in the face of smell. Right. That means that there's a handful of people that not only, you know, helped and make it make that happen but there's also like just so much this plant this plant has had like months and months of care before it got to you yep like this little piece of like that you know that grew on a bigger plant but that little you know eighth that thing you have yeah those grams of flour were like really taken care of they've been growing for 12 weeks before they even went to that harvest. You're smoking something that was been that's been being worked on and cared for for four months before it gets mm-hmm. to you, and that's if it was quick, you know. Um, that's so. like the one thing I love about, uh, and I have loved about being in different parts of these stages, mm-hmm. is just like seeing it on its way, and then sometimes getting to see it again, like when you're at a store or something. Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. Then looking at that weed and being like, "Dude, I remember this weed." Like, <laughs> dude, for sure. It's it's like, uh, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, um, man. Well, uh, um, it's been a fun one. I'm. Um, yeah, we really dug into the really dug into the business side of Monsters Inc. I think we. <laughs> I think we really. Monstropolis, where's it at? Let me see. Yeah, we see your dirty we details, and then uh, just so everyone knows, I think we're gonna try and do a a birthday a birthday episode for this guy. Yeah, dude, your birthday's coming up in a couple of days, isn't it? Wednesday, the sixteenth. Wednesday, forty-two. You'll be forty-two. Wow, really getting there. Yep. Um, it'll be. It'll be dope. Uh, and then also, I think we're trying to do a holiday, right? Uh, like Christmas? Yeah. Possibly. We'll see how we're feeling. Yeah, we'll have to see. But uh, it's always a pleasure, man. Yeah, this is fun. All right. Good shit, dude. Good stuff.
Bye.